welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome man. Yo, yo, ah, now, tune in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. When the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I roll the seas, planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Weekly Scraps, episode 146. I'm back in Vegas. It's been a crazy week of travel. Um, But for good cause, I had a couple of my guys fighting. Um, I don't want to say my guys because my teammates, but, you know, they're my guys. Like, you know, my guys, my hombres. Um... Uh, me amigos. So we had a couple of those guys fight. Uh, my brother was one of them, Justin the Kid Montavo. I actually posted a couple of his uh, his clips so that you guys can take a look at that. The kid is a real deal, in my personal opinion. Um, and then we had five other people fighting over in Coney Island. So we had a separate crew. That is the one thing that was a little frustrating because I wanted to be able to watch everybody. Those guys went 5-0. and We went 1-1 one one on the night over in St. James in uh, Long Island, out east. My brother had a really close fight. It was a unanimous decision. I thought it would have possibly been a split because that second round was a coin flip. In my opinion, I just didn't know which way it was going to go. I felt like the only difference was the kid actually threw some punches. Um, where my brother still, I feel like, still trying to find himself. And I'm like, I've been there before. I know what that feels like when you're coming in as the grappler. And you're just a little bit more uncomfortable to to let the hands go and, and strike like you do in the training room. And that's one of the things I, I, I made sure I expressed to him, like, bro, you got to start opening up. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the next one for him, that he really starts to let it go, because I, I do think that is going to be the next evolution of his game. And uh, I, I do think good things are going to happen. It just comes with time and a little bit of patience, you know, so uh, hopefully he does get it together in that regards. And he's made some big promises, you know, he's going to give up the ganja. And really try to clean up everything and really dedicate himself to training full time. Um, because I'm telling him, like, dude, look at everybody else. We're all doing the same stuff. <clears throat> the difference is they're doing it all the time where you're kind of doing it like part time, you know. Um, I think that's the difference between the dedication for most people on the amateur level versus the the pro level, you know. Um, and even at the pro level, you still got guys cutting corners. And that's the difference. But some guys really do get away with just raw talent or just those tough, gritty fights because they just like being in those tough, tougher fights when they can make it easier on themselves if <clears throat> those pro guys actually put the time in the way that they should, like year-round. Um, other than that, uh, like I said, Justin had a phenomenal performance. 3-0, three KOs. I think they all would have been in the first round, but this one got to the second. But either way, beautiful body shot. Go watch it on my IG, Kid Marvelous. Um, this guy's limit for that guy. He fought a grappler already. He box before he started doing MMA and he kickboxed also so he went from I think kickboxing to boxing to MMA so he's just learning how to really grapple uh he's very hard to submit and the good thing about him is he's tough and he's got cardio for days and then when he starts body snatching man uh good luck because uh that guy's not fun to spar with he was my Corey Sanhagen and the worst part about it is Marab busted my nose fun fact I took Marab down and like for him to try to get up he like did some weird thing where he threw his elbow backwards and cracked me in my nose. I start watering up. Um, 
Uh, my nose started bleeding a bit, uh, so I was swallowing a little bit of blood. It, it wasn't like a faucet, so don't think I'm like trying to over exaggerate. But you know, he caught me with a good shot because I just didn't expect him to throw a back elbow in that position. Um, obviously, in a real fight, if I did that in a fight with any of my opponents, I, I would know better. But I do have to make sure I pay attention to that because uh, I just thought I was. Uh, for the sparring sense, I thought it was okay, like I would have been okay there, you know, um, but kind of kept me honest, but whatever. And um, I had to wear a bar, the, the the headgear with the bar, just so I could make sure my nose didn't keep getting busted up in sparring. Because the last thing I wanted to do is go into that fight with Sanhagen, the guy who uses a ton of jabs and have him bouncing that jab off my face all night. So I made sure I used the bar, but then I sparred with Justin and it was just miserable because you can't see his uppercuts. You can't see when he's going to the body and then he's leaning down and he's coming back up over the top. And I'm just like, oh, this is not fun. Where are you? I need to close the distance and take you down. Uh, so that's how that was. Um, so for the fights, I didn't really get to watch most of them. I, I was trying to watch and catch up last night. Uh, I only got to watch like three, maybe four, the two girls. Um, uh, Denai uh, Vargreal looked very good taking on Brandon Davis, finished him in round one. I boxed with him a little bit. Um, it was the part where I like hurt my neck, so I wasn't grappling. Um, it was an MMA sparring class, but I just box. So, um, you know, I was just moving around with him and his accuracy is pretty damn good. It's very like awkward the way he, he does it, but he's very accurate where he's coming over the top or he's slipping. Um, I don't think he understood when we was like, go, I'm, I'm going um, light with you. I think, I'm not saying he went crazy, but I think he went, he, he was going a lot harder. I'm not sure if he was just unsure of what I was going to do. Cause I was the guy that was like, yeah, dude, I just hurt my neck. Pideon just pulled out of the fight. I'm not looking to get my head beat up anymore in sparring when I don't need to. I wanted to do just straight up skill work. So I was boxing with this guy, Chris B. Um, and I want to work some of the stuff. And I wasn't, like I said, not throwing it hard. Same thing um, with Gustavo. Then he took me down and then it just continued to. Ju it's just sometimes you just need a good partner that you can work with. That's it. Just leave it at that. Um, but for Denai, um, the, the amount that he did do, you could tell the guy was very, very clean when it came to striking. Very, very clean. I don't know. He's strong, too. I don't know what his grappling looks like, but he looks physically imposing. And obviously he hit Brandon Davis. And knocked out three guys in the first round. So that says something, you know. So I'm going to say the guy has some serious power. Um, I don't know what it feels like to grapple with him because I didn't grapple. Like I said, I was working like the little things I was doing on the pads, working a jab, just coming back, boom, trying to stay in tight. And again, not throwing it like crazy because I know some people are like, oh, I'm going to lay. And it's like, boom, there goes your nose. I'm like, nah, I move on. So I just touch literally just like that. And some guys are just. It's just different, you know. Um, and I, I like I like get inspiration from the Thai guys because they can just oye 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 super light, but it's it's effective. Guys can still get the reads. They can still work the combination, still work the defensive, and still get some good work out of it without crushing the, their brain cells. You know what I mean? Um, but whatever. So I watched that one. And I watched uh, the girl uh, who tried to fight in two weeks. Like one week and then the very next week, like back to back weekends. And she had a great fight, great first round, but then couldn't get her back down on the second round. Um, lost that one. Uh, and there was another one. I got, I got a, I saw the highlights from um, the Dumont fight versus Aspen Ladd. And the cornering, I don't think it was that bad. But here's the catch I think with Misha's Tate has some weight to it. 
based on her experiences. I think she might have recognized or see some some things that she might have dealt with. But with a different person, the intentions are different. So it's not every time that someone is in a situation like that that is always going to be exactly the same as what you experience. That's the only thing I can say in her defense um, for Misha. Um, but at the same time, in the praising of the coaching, not praising, but the acceptance of the coaching I and her boyfriend, I hear that's her boyfriend too. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling your fighter like, you know, he. I feel like he gradually started to pressure her a little bit more and telling her, like, you're losing a fight. What are you doing? Uh, I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't mind the, the br- um, blunt, honest truth as long as you give me some type of direction of what we can do, which he was doing, telling her to walk her to the side. And you can't just throw one punch. You got to put some combinations together and you got to put her away. And again, that's a gradual climb where the intensity and the sternness of his voice was really like, all right, all right, okay, show me something now. What are we doing? Hello, we're in a fight. Do you want to win this and get that title shot or not? That's the position that she was in. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that with the coach um, being stern to his fighter like that. So that's just my personal opinion. I think we do need more of that because sometimes you see these guys, even like, you know, no disrespect to Marvin Vittori, but his, I don't think his coaches were really telling him like, hey, man, you're losing the fight. We got to change gears. We got to do something else. We need to win this fight. You know what I mean? And obviously I'm being silly right now, but something like that where – it's very avoidable, and I think you can get a little bit more from your your athlete by telling them the truth. And I'm not saying be a, uh, uh, as the British guys would say, a cunt about it. You don't got to be a cunt about it. But at the same time, you, you got to deliver it in a way that's digestible and kind of just like, hey, man, you got to hopefully you have that rapport with your guy and like letting them know, like, um, do you want this or not? You know, like, or I know you want this. But you're not showing me. You're not showing them. It's a tight one. It's a close one. Or not even a tight one. It's a close one. Uh, You're losing this right now. slipping through your fingertips. What are you going to do about it? I think you need to open up with this. Or I think you need to open up with that. What are you feeling? Give me some feedback. Tell me what you're feeling. Do you feel like you can't get... I know there's only one minute. But you got to get something that's going to be... I don't want to say uh, something that the fight that's going to resonate with your athlete and get them to be like, all right, man, I got to go. And one thing I liked about the coach was saying, don't get careless. Don't get reckless. I don't think he said reckless. I think he said careless, but don't get careless. Um, Smart pressure, smart aggression kind of thing, but we got to open up. So I do think situations like that, you, you need someone who's going to tell you the truth. Like even my fight with Jan, uh, I didn't need no one to tell me that my gas tank was slowing down. I didn't need nobody to tell me that, hey, man, you're losing this fight. Um, Jan is starting to get away. Like, those are, like, obvious things. But a situation like that, like, maybe, and I'm not saying the coaches did anything wrong, but they didn't know that I was going into the fight compromise. But I do think had they asked, like, what are you feeling? I, I honestly would have just told him like, dude, I am shot. I was, and I would say, yeah, I was, I was compromised coming into this fight, coach. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do the best that I can. I don't know what else to do, so I just pushed forward. What do you think? I don't have much in the gas tank. I'm just trying to see if I could eventually get him down, and hopefully, I can. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
translate those that that message quickly within that one minute time frame, you know, because again, minute goes like it goes by like that when you're in that corner, especially in a heated battle. Um, so I think there's some things that can be done, but it really just depends on the relationship between the athlete and obviously the experience of the coaching, because sometimes the coaches might feel like they might hurt your feelings. So it, it really does depend. And hopefully the athletes are OK with their coach, not just being a straight up yes man. And whatnot and just doing that, you know. So, again, I understand where Misha is coming from. I don't think that particular situation is abuse in the terms of the words that she used. Um, I, I think different strokes for different folks. And I think her situation might have been a lot different than what is actually happening with uh, Aspen Lad and her corner. And don't mind my hair. I look like a straight up hobo right now. Uh, oh, yeah. com. Check out the website if you guys haven't yet. Um, but for this fight, I think it's UFC Vegas um, 41. Okay, yep, I was correct. Now, with, these, with this one, we got some fun fights. I'm not going to go too crazy in debt because I got to head out to training at Extreme Couture for 9 o'clock. And then I have uh, strength and conditioning at 11. And then I have PT at 1. So it's a very long back-to-back day. And uh, I got to go talk to some contractors out here as well. So... We got Paula Costa versus Marvin Vittori. This is a fun fight, but also a, a scary fight because whoever loses this fight is going back down that totem pole. Big opportunity for Marvin Vittori to really show if he is still the guy that, you know, obviously won a lot of those fights and sent it his way to a rematch and a, a second, not a second, and a title shot to try to be the first Italian champion against a guy who came up short as well against the same guy. Uh, the kingpin, the kingpin, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya kind of styled on both these guys. He got the finish over Costa, Vittori, you know, a, a different type of game plan. So a different kind of fight, obviously. Um, I always try to tell people that. So sometimes people get finished or people kind of look at it like, oh, you're less of a man or lesser of an opponent because of that. But it's not always the truth or necessarily the truth all the time. It's sometimes the approach. If the fighter doesn't come to play, it take, makes it very difficult for one athlete to actually implement a game plan and try to get a finish if the other person is fighting extremely safe and not giving up any openings and not taking any risk, you know? So it, it, it could just be a longer process or it could just be harder and more difficult to actually come by because of the fight style of the opponent. Unless you're just a bulldozer and you could just hit the guy with a haymaker and no matter if they got the hands up and you're just that much of a, um, a, a stud that you can just knock him out anyway, right? So what are we talking about? So this one's tough. Obviously, Paul Acosta, big, tough, strong guy. And then Marvin Vittori, not as jacked, but still a big guy. Um, gritty. Uh, he's a game fighter. I don't know what's going to happen with this because it, it's Paul Acosta outside of fighting uh, Yoel Romero. I don't know if he has the gas tank to go five. I hope he does because I think Vittori is, is going to look to keep the fight close. In the early rounds, probably uses some of the same game plan, push him against the cage and try to slow down Paul Acosta so that he can get those big ass muscles filled with blood. And like Paul Acosta said, he was drinking. He drank a bottle of wine before the fight. I don't know if there's any real truth to that. Maybe there is. And if there is, it's as, it's as silly and as idiotic as me not eating the day of the fight as a pro top level athlete. It's just like, what are you doing? You should know better than that. 
And I can say that about myself and be okay with it because it's happened. It's long gone. And I've done kick myself and beat myself up about it multiple times. And I'm sure he's probably done the same thing. Um, but not going to take away from Adesanya because this guy decided to shoot himself in the foot. Same way. I'm not taking away from Peter Jan because, you know, I showed up the way I showed up. And that's not on me. That's not on him. That's on me. You know, so it's one of those type of things. So I'm kind of conflated. I, I conflicted with this. Conflated. I don't know if that's a proper term for this too. Maybe one of you guys can let me know in the comments. I don't know. I got to look it up now. I'm kind of conflicted with this one. I I don't really know if that performance was the best Paula Costa that we've seen. So it, it makes it more difficult for me to really analyze the last performances coming into this. But just based on those, I feel like I have to lean towards Marvin Vittori because Costa didn't really throw much. He looked um, a lot slower, tentative. Um... And a little bit of footwork when he did push forward, Izzy made it look almost effortless to get out of there and pretty much come out that fight unscathed, you know. Um, Vittori, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to look to start to throw the leg kicks the same way Adesanya did. I don't know what his game plan is going to be. This is going to be a fun fight. I do think that if anyone gets a finish, it should be Polo Costa finishing Vittori. Um, and if it's going to be a decision, I think it should be Marvin Vittori going to the, the judge's decision, getting that fight and getting that knock. The next one, Grant Dawson versus Ricky Glenn. This is a fun fight. I like Grant Dawson. I think he's on a major come up. Um, I'm trying to see who do you actually beat? So I know it's a couple of good guys, couple of good guys. Oh, I'm on the wrong internet. I was like, why is this thing going so slow? Why is this thing going so slow? Why is this thing going? He's 17 and 1, 27 years old, 5'10. Uh, Leonardo Santos beat him, round three, Hammerfist, Nad Norami. Uh, he beat Chad, he beat Darren Mimer, he beat Mike Trezano, he beat Julian Rosa. Um, so he's undefeated in the UFC. One, two, three, four, five, and oh, that's big, man. And Ricky Glenn, I know he had just won his last one after a very long layoff. He beat Joaquin Silva, which is a big fight. 37 seconds of round one. Um, and he last before that, he didn't fight since 2018 against Kevin Aguilar, where he lost. I don't know what the deal is with that, but that makes it tough to really gauge this. But Ricky Glenn got a beautiful knockout. And then you got Grant Dawson, who's just on a tear right now. So that's a fun fight, I think. And um, if I'm picking anyone, I'm leaning on towards Grant Dawson because he's been more active, had a lot of competition and a lot of experience against some really good guys. And I think that should give him the edge in this one. But you can't count on Ricky Glenn, the gladiator. He's a tough dude. He's fought a lot of the the uh, the veterans of that. Oh, he moved up to lightweight. Oh, shoot. Okay. 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 I'm here for this. I'm here for this. So uh, that's the difference because I know he used to fight at uh, featherweight. Tall, skinny, skeletor guy. But I'm glad to see that he's bulked up. I forgot all about that. But this is a tough fight. Um, but I do like Grant Dawson in this one. I think his grappling and the coaching of James Krause should help him out a ton because James has a great eye from the outside. Um, Ricky Glenn is a tough dude. We can't cut him out. He's a tough dude. That one fight, he took a beating, I feel like. But just... Toughed it out the whole time. Um, Miles Jury, Dennis Bermudez, Gavin Tucker. There was one fight that was super close. I can't remember which one it was. Mm, or maybe I'm botching that. Bermudez. Maybe it was Bermudez. I don't know. I don't know. 
I got to fact check to myself now. But, yeah, that's a fun fight, and I think the fans are going to have a good one with that one. But I'm leaning towards Grant Dawson because I think he's just a little bit more complete from the stand-up, the good fight IQ, and then the grappling, of course. I think that's where he's going to excel in this fight, pushing him against Cage, getting the takedowns, using those leg reaps, and getting the fight to where he wants it to be. Um, Jessica Rose Clark, she's back taking on Jocelyn Edwards. Edwards, I can't really remember much about her. Clark has been gone for a while. I think she, I think she, they might have cut her. But then they bring her back and they put her right into a big, big, big spot. Mm, no, they didn't cut her. She won her last fight. She just hasn't fought in a long time. Okay, all right. I am sorrily mistaken. Um, so sorry about that. Um, Titan FC. Yeah, so that's my bad. My bad, guys. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know much about this. This is a tough fight style. I don't know. So I, I, I can't really call it. We got Alice Caceres taking on Sung Woo Troy. This to be a good fight. Um, Troy was one of those guys who was a surging prospect. And now... I know he lost to Gavin Tucker, um, Evluev. <clears throat> oh, I'm looking at the wrong guy. I'm thinking um, Du Hoi Troy. Wow. Sorry, guys. I'm not saying they all look alike. But the last name said Troy. So what do you want from me? It said Troy. He lost to Gavin Tucker, Rene Choke round three. And he lost to Movar, Evluev, unanimous decision. And after that, he beat uh, Mokhtarian, he beat Yusuf Zalao, and he beat Julian Rosa in 2021 in June. Left hook and ground and pound. <sighs> That's a tough one. Alex Caceres, he hasn't fought in a while either, right? 145. He's 33 years old. He beat Kevin Kroom, Austin Springer, Chase Hooper, Steven Peterson. And he beat, lost to Kron Gracie before that. So, I don't know. I like I like Caceres. I think he always finds a way to win. He's got such an awkward style that I think he just figures 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 out how to get it done. And with that being said, I'm leaning towards Alex Caceres in this one. But it should be a fun, fun fight because uh, it's just chaos. I, I feel like Caceres fights are just hard to score because you just don't know what's really going on in terms of what's really landing that's being effective because he, he moves like that kung fu style and he's almost got like that hunchback and, you know, he throws those awkward punches and then he's like, ah, wow, what the? Shit like that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, other fights of note before we get out of here, Dwight Grant, Francisco, Trinaldo. That should be a fun one. Um... Strapoli versus Jamie Pickett. That should be a banger. Common Worthy versus Jai Herbert should be a good one. And yeah, these other ones are good, but those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head at the moment. So we got some good fights. Um, I obviously got to get going, get ready for the day. So very short podcast. The big podcast is going to be obviously next week. Um, but this weekend we got ring of combat. We got about four or five guys fighting on that card. Uh, so I'm going to be going back to New York, driving down to New Jersey and then coming back to Vegas on Sunday again. The fight's on Friday. So make sure you guys tune in. Uh, we got a lot of good guys on this card. Um, the quiet man also undefeated. I think he is two and or three and right now looking to make it four or three. Um, sucks that I can't remember off my head. 
But I do think he's 3 0. Two finishes or three finishes or 2 0 and two finishes. Either way, I know he's got all finishes. So very exciting guys. Got Dennis Bazookia returning. I'm just looking forward to all these guys for them to keep that climb and that momentum going within their own careers and that success. Because I can see a lot of these guys getting on the contender series. We've got three 55ers that are really good right now. Dylan Montello, um, Nassim, who just won this past weekend. Watched him on Fight Pass at Fury Fighting um, Championships. Uh, he beat a guy who said he was going to finish him and talk some crap, but it just went out to grab him the whole time. And then Nas eventually took him down. Um, reverse his takedowns and put him on his back, beat him up a bit, roughed him up, and then eventually got the rear naked choke finish when he turned his back. Um, Nas, I think he's contender series ready or UFC ready, whichever one comes first. And then you got Justin Kim Montalvo 3-0, but I think contender series ready or UFC ready. Um, so these guys, these guys, man, they, they are the complete package in terms of everything. You know, um, they could do it all from grappling to striking. And I think that's going to be the difference with us taking our time, molding these guys and getting them ready for the big show. So and I say us is not really me. I, obviously, I coach classes sometimes um, the MMA wrestling class. These guys don't always come, but um, Justin does. And Nas does when he's not injured because he's had some serious injuries he had to take care of and that he, he's been out for about a year and a half. Kind of sucks, man. Really crappy. Um, and then Dylan, he comes when he can outside of work. So it's, it's tough, but it's good to see these guys progress and see where they've gotten in their career so far just by them being honest with their own pro career and putting in the work and managing themselves in the terms of making sure that they show up and do the right thing and get there. Because we don't have like super team practices. The most team team practice that we have is the MMA wrestling class and then we have the MMA sparring class on Thursday nights where it's just open match sparring find a different partner find a different partner um, and the guys that are fighting they use the cage they got fights coming up you know so it's one of those type of things um, so good luck to these guys man I'm excited for their futures and I can't wait to see what else is next for these guys um, other than that that's my travel schedule I'll be back and then my fiance's birthday is October 28th so then I'm gonna come back to New York again to go celebrate with her and uh, bring in the 31st. Man, we're getting old, babe. We're getting old. Alright, guys. As always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. I'm spinning breakfast, baby. I'll see you guys later. That's the show. Thanks for always tuning in. You Peace. ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get to stepping. And remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.